The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cox Media Group, Ohio. This hour is sponsored by Sim Trainer. This is WHIO's Consumer Warrior, Clark Howard. Beware scam artists in Dayton. I'll find you out. This is WHIO meteorologist Kirsty Zantini. If weather breaks this hour, we will break it. And you're listening to an Ask the Expert weekend on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Good afternoon, listeners, and welcome to this beautiful Saturday afternoon broadcast of Shooting from the Hip. I'm Jeff Pedro, in with Mark Avery, and we're from Sim Trainer, the Dayton area's first indoor range and firearms training center. We're located at 2031 Dryden Road in Moraine. You can visit us on the web at sim-trainer.com, or you can give us a call at 937-293-3914, and we'd be more than glad to discuss with you any of your firearms-related needs or interests. I'm going to start off today's show just by mentioning I just had a real quick thought as they were playing our lead. <laughs> I'm biased to this, but I think that's one of the greatest leads to any radio show that I've ever heard. Obviously, I'm biased, and I think my listeners feel the same thing, but I'm so happy. You mean like it's one of your favorite that. songs? Well, it's, it, it's just, it has such significance. I remember, it takes me back to my pre high school days and in, in the 70s and in wonderful times, but it's a great lead. But, uh, Boy, this week was packed with information, and I want to, as far as information goes, as, as uh, you, our listeners know, we look to uh, various media outlets, various sources of information on the internet for uh, information. It didn't take long for me to get some information that I know that uh, our listeners would be interested in, in hearing and probably reacting to. And first of all, um, I heard that uh, as a result of the tragic incident that occurred in New Zealand a week and a half ago, Many anti-gun groups were blaming, among other individuals and organizations, the NRA as being responsible. And I just, I I cringed when I heard that because, as you people know, and obviously they don't know, the NRA is an organization that's made up of members like me and you and Mark and the, the thousands, tens of thousands of other people who believe in their mission. And their mission centers around this, protecting civil liberties, Second Amendment being one of the main ones, but you got to realize times being the way they are, we're seeing more and more how they're also promoting um, uh, justice and, and, and justification for the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, the Fifth Amendment, the Fourteenth Amendment. They're even uh, helping to uh, uh, spearhead a movement against financial institutions who are behind the scenes and overt, in some cases overtly trying to discriminate about anybody in the gun industry. Um, from uh, in, in enjoying the, the normal banking services that most banking institutions and credit card companies provide any other entity. And um, it's good to know that we've got an organization to do that. We've talked about uh, the, the great event that's coming up the weekend of the 26th through the 28th in Indianapolis, the NRA annual meetings. And I just want our listeners to really give some serious thought to taking some time, even if you got to change plans, get over there. If you're not already a member, you can do one of a couple of things. Go to our website, take advantage of the $10 reduction in annual fees and get uh, become a member. And or when you go there, become a member. They'll offer a lot of discounted rates there at the actual counter when you go. So if you're not a member and you show up and you tell them you want to be a member, they're going to let you be a member and you'll become a member right there on the scenes. I will tell you that'll take a little bit longer, not a whole lot of time because they have a lot of people there processing the registrations and the 
the, the entries into the, the annual meetings. But it's a great time, whether you just want to spend a portion of the day, a full day, or the whole weekend. I just heard uh, Mark and I have a plan for what's going to happen, and he's kind of hinted to me he's going to probably be there the whole weekend. So uh, um, I'm going to go on at least one day. So I want to give our listeners the opportunity to make sure they do that. When you're there, thank them for all the things they do. Uh, we all know that they're not a racist organization. They don't promote hate. They don't pro- pro- promote murder. They don't pro- promote any criminal activity. Quite the contrary, um, they know that. We know that. Just give them a thumbs up for all they do and, and let them know how much you appreciate their hard work. But that was one thing that really, um, really got me, and I just had to mention that. Mark, did you have a, a response relative to that? Well, no, other than I couldn't, uh, I couldn't agree more. It's a great place to go. If you have never been to an NRA annual meeting, it's an opportunity that doesn't come around this close very often. Uh, we There was going to be one in Columbus a few years ago. It got moved because of some actions of the Columbus City Council, and uh, it went up to Minnesota. But this we have been in Indianapolis before. It's a great venue. We're talking over 600 acres worth of exhibition space and a lot of other activities as well. So if you've not been, it's a great opportunity to get over there because, as Jeff said, you can make it easily and in one day out and back. Uh, I will probably stay because I want to go to the firearms law seminar, which is all day Friday. Uh, I haven't been to one for a while, and there's certainly a lot of things that have happened. Uh, in fact, we may have some of the some final resolutions on some of the things that are currently pending by the time that occurs in the middle of April. So, uh, again, it's a super opportunity to see a lot of people, to meet a lot of wonderful people, just regular NRA members, as well as some of the people that you might see. Uh, with a little bit higher profile because those people are going to be out there. There'll be several celebrities who are often um, speaking on behalf of different products and others who will just be there and be around. So you may run into somebody like Ted Nugent. Uh, He usually shows up at the Cam & Company platform and does an interview. Uh, We, that, that's where I first met Arlie Ermey, who has now passed. Uh, It was a, and, and I, there's, it's just a great place to go. Uh, If you know anything or care anything about the shooting sports and not even just shooting, but other outdoor sports, an outstanding opportunity to meet a whole lot of people and see what's coming up in the world of these different products because the vendors have their best and brightest out now. Mark, you just mentioned something that uh, is, it sent shivers down my spine. Uh, I met Arlie Ermey and I stood side by side by with him and took pictures um, you know, he, he's a, he's an icon in the firearms industry and has been for many years. In addition to the many other things, he's been a huge promoter of gun rights and he's done a great job. His shows on the, the outdoor channels and the different the history channel, yes. so, uh, and, mail call. And, and you can see many of them probably right now on YouTube or other videos that are available out there. But, uh, what a, what a pleasant individual, um, a, a very unique voice, uh, uh, I, I imagine with his military background, I don't know if he was a drill sergeant per se, but boy, I, I would have certainly uh, uh, <laughs> done whatever he told me to do because he was very direct and to the point. But uh, what a great individual. And that's the type of experience you'll have. Related yeah. to that, um, from a news uh, standpoint, um, this past week, uh, CNN reported that, uh, and again, you say, well, why are you listening to CNN? Well, I always watch what the other people are doing to see exactly how they're attacking us. And in this particular case, they were... Uh, it was easy for me to to bring this uh, to the, the the audience here. CNN reported that they had received a, an award from the Lear Center for Study of an Entertainment Media and Society. It's called the Cronkite Award 
Um, it was in reference to the Pork Parkland town hall meeting they had last year following the Parkland tragedy for advancing the national conversation on gun control. And if any of you remember that incident, when they say town hall, they are misspeaking. It wasn't a town hall meeting. It was a shout down of Marco Rubio and Dana Lash, who is one of the most uh, publicly recognized and astute representatives of not only the NRA, but gun rights in this country. And they were up on the stage, presumably to take questions and answers and to give dialogue. And what ended up happening with the assistance of both the way the format was set up in addition to the moderator, it ended up being a shot down of Senator Rubio and Senator Lash. Uh, and I, not Senator, but yeah. I'm sorry, Senator Dana Rubio Lash. and Dana Lash, who's the representative from the NRA. They blame, they came right out and blame. Now these were most of the people in the audience, with the assistance of some of the verbiage of the the hosts, they For blame the NRA. For example, Sheriff Israel. Well, I'll get to him. Yeah. I'll get to him in just a minute. He was another member of the board, but uh, um, uh, they elevated Sheriff Israel uh, for his being there and being transparent. Now, I'll get to more about that later. They, he denied any responsibility. He blamed, he and they blamed NRA, particularly Dana Lash, for promoting um, uh, gun violence. Uh, um, all of them lied, including Israel, lied when confronted by Lash about uh, the sheriff's ineptitude and the ineptitude of the sheriff's department in particular. Sheriff Israel, by the way, has since been fired. The Parkland after-action investigation and report directly pointed blame at Sheriff Israel in the sheriff's department as being instrumental in the adverse outcome there. And he's been called out uh, for his inaction uh, as an officer in his department by members of law enforcement, politicians, and people all around the country relative to that incident. So when they get an award for something that was such a debacle, and I'm sure this, I'm not for, for fact, Mark, but you know more about this. I'll bet that's even out there somewhere on the on the internet. Town hall meeting following the Parkland massacre, CNN. Um, they were proud to stand up and accept that award, and we know what happened. Yeah. And Dana was on uh, the NRA. She's uh, an evening host of on on uh, on this channel uh, in the evening. I think it's between seven and eight, eight and nine, somewhere in the. Uh, mid to early uh, eight to eleven. Yeah, so. and uh, she was right there. She she called him out. Also, I, I got a lot of the information from her. But she said I sat there and I took it because I knew who I was dealing with. I tried to uh, recite facts, but they didn't want, as is typically the mm-hmm. case, they didn't want to hear anything about facts. And every time she would open her mouth to make a statement, they would jeer her, shout her down. They would boo the comment she was making because they had an agenda that was driven by emotion, didn't have much factual basis. And think about this. Sheriff Israel was kind of their keynote representative on that on that uh, panel, and he was one of the people who has been most ostracized and and criticized for um, his inaction in that situation in many many regards. The report of what happened there was pretty objective. Uh, they went through and tried to do basically a forensic examination of the events the events leading up to the shooting and then what happened and all of the things during the shooting to the best it could be reconstructed. It was very thorough. It was, um, from what I could tell from reading it, it was pretty much unbiased. They did not have a desired outcome. They did not have um, a known conclusion they were driving to, which is obviously the way those things should be done. And the conclusions that they came up with were devastating to Sheriff Israel. And should have been. Yes. Um, And then, as we then go back and look at history as to the things that have been said, and he is still appealing his having been fired 
um, which was for cause, and he's welcome to appeal that, but in, in any reasonable, rational court, he is has absolutely no chance of having that overturned because, in part, of what was discovered during the investigation of what happened at Parkland and how did we get to this point. Well, not only that, but there was very detailed description of the interaction that the Sheriff's Department and other law enforcement agencies had with the killer in that particular case on Correct. many instances prior, prior to the incident. So there was a uh, there were volumes of information. And again, you can find that by just going out on the internet and looking at the Pat Parkland uh, tragedy after action report. And it's a pretty detailed report. It's an easy read. Now, you, you people, my listeners know, and Mark knows, I don't read a whole lot, but I read that whole report. I was very impressed. It was easy to read. It had good information. It was logically uh, put in order that, you know, when, when I look at things like this, I'm looking for specific parts and pieces. So I initially scanned through because we had a show a day, maybe the same day that it was initially released. So I scanned through and got the pieces that I wanted to talk about on the show because I'd heard snippets about what the report revealed. And then I later took the time to read the whole report because I think it's very important when we can get detailed information uh, relative to an after action report so that we can learn from what happened, uh, learn not only from the standpoint of being able to pass information on to our listeners, but also from the standpoint of how we as citizens can better prepare for situations and better deal with uh, situations in a variety of different ways. But it was a very thorough report, and I encourage you, if you have the opportunity to do so, to go out and read it. And real quick, before we go to our first break, I want to mention that uh, this is uh, March Madness, and they call it March Madness because <laughs> this is a time when there's about, uh, I'm, I'm guessing, 50 to 100 basketball games, most of which are extremely exciting. I'm not much of a, a basketball fan anymore, but the couple games I've already watched were very exciting. And it is pretty crazy how, you know, teams like uh, last night there was a team, Liberty, never been in the tournament before, and they came and upset one of the one of the favored teams. I don't think the team was favored to go all the way, but they were certainly favored in the first and the second round. Bracket upset breakers. Them. But it was, yeah, it, was, it is truly March Madness, and there's a lot of chaos, a lot of fun. It's a great uh, revenue stream for the local bars, but uh, my son, I'm going to tell you when we come back from the break about some mad uh, sales that he put together reference to March Madness. So we're going to take our first break. All right, we're going to, we are going to do that. And if you'd like to be part of the show, call the studio at 457-1290. We'll get you up on the board. This is Mark Avery and Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. It's an Ask the Experts weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news weather and traffic station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Dollar Shave Club. Dollar, but way more than just Shave Club. Dollar, that's right, everything you need to get ready in the bathroom club. Dollar, and they're all top-shelf products too, club. Dollar, and can you believe it's only $5 to get started, club? Dollar shampoo, conditioner, body wash, face wash, toothpaste, toothbrush, prep scrub, shave butter, shave lather, post shave cream, post shave dew, beard oil, repair serum, hair gel, hair paste, hair cream, pomade, hand cream, face moisturizer, lip balm, colognes, butt wipes with the cool peppermint tingle. Oh, and of course, really, really great razors club. Dollar, but we're certainly not going to change our name to that club. Right now, join the club with one of our shave, shower, or oral care starter sets for just 5 bucks. After that, the restock box ships regular-sized products at regular price. Get this deal at dollarshaveclub.com slash Dayton today. That's right, that's the name of your city after our web address. dollarshaveclub.com slash Dayton. March 29th and March 30th, it's the 10th annual Miami Valley Haiti Auction. All proceeds go directly to the people of Haiti. 
Come join us for two days of fun, food, and fellowship while supporting the people of Haiti. We depend on your kind generosity to help the people of Haiti. Join us March 29th and 30th at the Avenue in Tip City for the 10th Annual Miami Valley Haiti Auction. Visit HaitiAuction.org for more details. Welcome to Tire Discounters. Oh, hiya, Phantom. Hi, Mike. What's new, as they say? Well, it's tax time. Ever thought of sprucing up the Phantom Mobile? I go for function, not style. But now you can save up to $220 on select tires and custom wheels. Well, let's try it. <laughs> Mike. Phantom, it's, it's breathtaking. breathtaking. You can't tell it's the same car. Well, it still says Phantom Mobile on the side. Right now at Tire Discounters, you'll save up to $220 on select tires and custom wheels. Looking for something fun to do with family or friends? Come out to Shoot Point Blank, the leading indoor shooting range in Dayton. With 20 clean climate controlled shooting lanes and over 80 rental firearms to choose from, Shoot Point Blank offers a great time for the beginner or experienced shooter. There's no membership required and weekly range specials are available, like their popular lunchtime shoot or Friday date night. Before you make plans, first check out shootpointblank.com and live confidently. Menards is our go-to store when we update our house. We're adding new lights and seeing all the latest styles. The selection was amazing. And we found Patriot Lighting fixtures for our whole house. We are so happy with the final touches that Patriot Lighting adds to our home. Enjoy exquisite elegance and superior craftsmanship with Patriot Lighting. Save 11% on everything now at Menards. Good through March 23rd. Savings are mail-in rebates. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at Menards. Stock market instability, volatility, and losing money is a big concern. But it doesn't have to be. With a structured retirement plan, you can protect your money and forward your financial progress toward retirement. You don't have to risk your future riding the stock market roller coaster. Call the Miami Valley's retirement resource and author of Income Allocation, David Gaylor at Tradewinds Financial Group, 800-385-0437. That's 800-385-0437. And tune in Saturdays at 3 for your game plan for retirement. Investment advisory services are offered through Precision Capital Management and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Why Greater Dayton Surgery Center? I would recommend Greater Dayton uh, Surgery Center because I didn't have to stay there for two or three days. I was able to go home right after surgery and that was very important to me. Five months after the knee replacement, I was able to play in a tennis tournament and I won. Greater Dayton Surgery Center is Dayton's only outpatient surgical center offering same-day joint replacement and spinal surgical procedures. Call 937-535-2200 or visit DaytonSurgeryCenter.com. Sunny skies today, nice weather overall, calm conditions at the surface by the afternoon and a high temperature of 50 degrees. Cloud cover increasing as we go into the overnight hours, low temperature 34 degrees, mostly cloudy for Sunday, breezy and mild with a high of 56 degrees and a chance for showers arriving in the mid to late afternoon. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. The Miami Valley's only radio station for 24-hour breaking news, weather and traffic, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Welcome back to the show. And right before the, the break, I was uh, mentioning that uh, my son had put together a March Madness sale. And when I first saw what he was um, promoting early in the week, I said, Mark, I understand the concept of March Madness, but are you mad? What you're, what you're putting together just doesn't seem good from a business standpoint. And he was able to talk me through it and assure me that it was a, a good deal. And I want to pass on the great deal to my listeners. And I want to mention that uh, the, the primary 
uh, March Madness uh, deal that we have going on right now. You get your choice of a Glock 48, a Glock 43, or a Smith & Wesson M&P 2.0. In addition, we're going to provide our very popular training pass, which is a uh, you get an enrollment into the basic handgun class, enrollment into the concealed carry class, all the ammo you need for both of those classes, along with free gun rental, whatever gun you might want to use. If you want to reserve your selection of one of those three guns until after you try them, you can do it that way. But then he also is throwing in a Hoss holster for whatever gun you you uh, opt there and the total price for that entire package. That's a training pass, basic handgun, CCW, ammo, gun rental, holster, and gun of your choice of those three I mentioned for $600. That's wow. a tremendous deal, and I want to encourage you to take a look at that deal so you get um, – it's on our website, um, and uh, you can be very uh, specific about how you want it. But we can either do it what we call front-end or back-end as far as how you do it. Some people prefer – they want to take advantage of it, but they don't know what gun, so they'll come to basic handgun. Instead of trying all the other guns, they'll limit it to one of the three that they're wanting to buy. They can try a couple of others because we certainly have those out there. And then they go on and uh, buy the gun, and then they use that gun for concealed carry. Uh, but again, you're going to get all the ammo you need for both basic handgun and the CCW class and the to- and the holster for the gun that you ultimately choose, all for $600. That's about $795 total value. The other option we have is you can get, uh, this is not tied into that, but it's another great deal, a Sig Sauer P365 uh, for $575. Uh, we've been selling those for between $550 to $575, up to $600 when they first came out. But we're also throwing in uh, a custom Haas holster for that same $575. So if you're interested in those, those sales are good through the weekend. So stop down the Sim Trainer, see if there's something we can do to help you out. That's a super deal. Um, all right, uh, let's jump out to the phones. We haven't been out there yet, and let's talk to Rick, who's calling from Tip City. Rick, welcome to the show. Uh, good afternoon. Thank you. Great show. Thank you. Uh, I want to ask you guys a question regarding the uh, Shockwave 590, the Mossberg Shockwave, and the Remington. Uh, when that uh, snafu is going to be lifted, uh, or if you know anything, uh, update on that situation. And I'll hang up and listen to your show. I listen every week. It's a great show. Great. Thanks very much. Yeah, sure. We do know something about that. Um, We'll cover it in a little bit more detail after the bottom of the hour break. But the short version is the change to the law goes into effect on the 28th, which is Thursday. And that's when that gun will become available, will become legal to own in Ohio, uh, along with several other changes that were part of that uh, that legislative uh, work. And then there was, uh, as most people by this time are probably aware, there was an error in the original drafting of 228, and that error has also been resolved. So uh, the whole question that people were concerned about is is no longer going to be an issue. And in fact, uh, there's a good article that Jim Irvine posted on the Buckeye Firearms Association website, and I've linked it to our Facebook page. So if you go to Sim dash trainer, I mean, uh, go to facebook.com slash sim trainer, you can see uh, the link to the Buckeye Firearms Association website and his article on that website. It's about three pages printed when you remove all the rest of this stuff off the, uh, the, the, the clutter from the page. So that's a fairly detailed article about how we got there, what happened, all the efforts that went into getting it fixed, and how that got resolved. So um, if you if you want to see some of the you know what goes on in making the sausage and getting it fixed when there's too much salt in it or whatever, uh, that that's a good way to do that. 
And you may want to also send a, a kudos and appreciation to your representatives for doing it the way they did it because it went Absolutely. through in a very expeditious way, as it should have, contrary to what some of the detractors initially said was, well, you know, they made a mistake and maybe it wasn't such a subtle mistake after all, and we're going to go ahead and make them pay for it and it's going to take forever and they're going to tie it up in the courts. And it went through the logical process where they made the correction, which, by the way, the language was almost directly attributed to the shockwave uh, uh, gun. That was kind of the, the language that it was almost right. exclusively referring to. It was just wrongly placed by the people who were putting together the documents in one paragraph to the other. It was an easy fix, but it had to go through the process. It went through the process in a very expeditious way. The governor um, did what he had to do, signed it, and like Mark said, it's going to go into effect on 28. All right, we're going to take a break and head into the newsroom. This is Mark Avery and Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. is the station Dayton turns to first for live team coverage of breaking news. WHIO Dayton Springfield. Your news starts now. Depend on it. It's 2.30. I'm Dave Daniels with a WHIO News update. Our top story, Attorney General Bill Barr continues to review the Mueller report, but he's not expected to send a letter of summary to Congress today. Chilly temperatures to start off, but we're warming up nicely. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag. Your exclusive WHIO forecast is coming up. Now, WHIO triple team traffic on an accident in Miami Township this hour, west of Spring Valley Pike at Washington Church Road. And our top story is Attorney General William Barr continues to peruse the Mueller report. The president remains silent, but those around him appear upbeat about the end of the Russia investigation. In a statement, the president's outside attorney, Rudy Giuliani, told Fox News, this marks the end of the Russia investigation. We await a disclosure of the facts. We are confident that there is no finding of collusion by the president. And this underscores what the president has been saying from the beginning, that he did nothing wrong. Garrett Tenney with team coverage. Fox News now reporting that the AG will not be sending a letter of summary to Congress today. U.S.-backed forces in Syria say they've defeated ISIS completely. Lucas Tomlinson has more. The spokesman for the Syrian Democratic Forces, that's the U.S. military's top ally on the ground in Syria, fighting ISIS, have declared the Islamic State 100% eliminated. American military aircraft have dropped over 100,000 bombs on ISIS targets since 2015. A California company is accused of illegally selling ghost guns in New Jersey. Ghost guns are unregistered mail-order firearms parts that don't have serial numbers on them, and they can be turned into working weapons. New Jersey banned them last year, but an investigator for the state attorney general's office was able to order parts for an AR-15 assault rifle from an Apple Valley-based company, U.S. Patriot Armory. Kathleen Maloney says the investigator received that shipment this month, and the AG's office is now suing the company. In Miamisburg, a man is in custody on 21 sex charges involving two minors. 54-year-old Scott Pate was arrested Thursday on a warrant that includes charges of rape and gross sexual imposition. Other charges include disseminating materials harmful to juveniles. Cops say the victims in this case are known to Pate. WHIO's Jonah Adi. 
Now with the most accurate and dependable forecast, here's Storm Center 7 meteorologist Jesse Mag. Sunny skies today, nice weather overall, calm conditions at the surface by the afternoon and a high temperature of 50 degrees. Cloud cover increasing as we go into the overnight hours. Low temperature 34 degrees, mostly cloudy for Sunday. Breezy and mild with a high of 56 degrees and a chance for showers arriving in the mid to late afternoon. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Latest scan of the live Doppler 7 radar is clear. Sunny skies around the Miami Valley this hour. It's 47 degrees in Huber Heights, 47 in Springfield, and 48 degrees now in Dayton at 233. I'm Dave Daniels, WHIO Continuing News. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. For the longest time, I've wanted to come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. But up until now, I haven't been able to find anything that held up to my high standards. I finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. My new Giza Dream bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton, and I guarantee guarantee they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Hi, this is Larry Hanskin, and Mike is right. These sheets are amazing. I love them. So go to MyPillow.com, click on the Giza Dream Sheet Special, use the promo code WHIO, you'll get 30% off and free shipping. That's 30% off free shipping. Use the promo code WHIO. You can also call 1-800-320-1481. When you're driving to work, you ever wonder, is this as good as it gets? Are all these other people going somewhere better than I am? If your job feels like just a job, it's time to explore what we offer at Dayton Progress Corporation. We are a reputable, locally headquartered, global manufacturing company. And we are looking right now for people who want to pursue a career with us. If you're looking for a great place to grow with excellent pay, benefits, 401k, a retention bonus for the first three years, tuition reimbursement, and bonus programs, then apply in person Monday through Friday, 8.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. at 500 Progress Road in West Carrollton. Or email Email us your resume to jobs at DaytonProgress.com. Remember, this is not just a job, it's a career. Hi, I'm David Turpin, president of Dayton Progress, and I'm speaking to you today about the wonderful opportunities that await you at Dayton Progress Corporation. Start your career with us now. Dayton Progress is an equal opportunity employer. When the Miami Valley gets hit with breaking news, severe weather, or traffic tie-ups, depend on us for up-to-the-minute information. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Back to the show. And if our listeners want to get in on today's show, please give us a call here at the studio at 457-1290. That's 457-1290. We'd be more than glad to talk with you about any topics that are on your mind, and there are certainly a lot of things out there. I'm going to kind of shift gears a, a little bit and talk a little bit more detailed about legislation. Uh, Mark's going to talk about some Ohio legislation, but I, I want to first of all talk about, uh, as we promised in the last couple shows, uh, with the bump stock prohibition going into effect on Tuesday of this next week, um, all of you who own bump stocks are uh, um, kind of directed by the, the Department of Justice, the ruling that was handed down back in uh, the fall of last year, 
to do one of two things. There's basically two things you can do. You can destroy your bump stock in accordance with the manner that renders it inoperable. And if you want to see what inoperable means, you can go to the Buckeye Firearms Association website, put in uh, bump stock inoperability, and they actually have a, a, a detailed analysis and video pictures of the places you can cut with a saw at two or three different places on the bump stock itself that will render it inoperable. Then you can either dispose of it or you can keep the parts. Uh, but basically the law requires that you destroy it to the point that it is rendered inoperable. The other option you have, and I found this out as I promised last week when I called uh, the ATF, I talked to an agent at the ATF, field agent, and he said the second option, which we knew was going to be to turn it in at the AT office, but the ATF office, but there was no uh, defined process for doing that. Well, I've since gotten some guidance that you're going to have to turn it in at one of the uh, ATF offices in the major cities throughout the state of Ohio. And for us, that would either be a trip to Columbus or a trip to Cincinnati because the way I w- it was explained to me, the uh, office here in Dayton doesn't have the ability and the resources space. or the space to take these in. So you're going to have to trip to either uh, Columbus or Cincinnati to the ATF field office either um, uh, on Monday or Tuesday. And they recommend that you call that office before you come and let an agent know you're coming because I guess there's an issue with some of the contracted security personnel who may or may not have information that this is happening. All of a sudden you walk in with a box that has a gun part. I imagine that could spark some panic among some people (laughs) who may not realize what's going on, but they advise that you call and they'll give you specific uh, direction. But I was also advised something that I'm very uncomfortable with, but which I'm going to do. I was advised that when I bring the several that uh, my business has that I'm going to be required to turn in, I'm going to be required to sign what's called an abandonment form. And the abandonment form basically is a form. It's not a receipt of item in a direct way. Indirectly, it's going to be a receipt of the item because it'll have on there what they receive from me. But basically, it's going to say that uh, I, I basically relinquish all rights to ownership to the property when I turn it over to them. I personally don't like that. I have a big problem. I know Mark has a problem with that, but that's what they advise me I'm going to have to do. I'm going to try to videotape that, and I'm going to actually get a copy of that document because it's my hope that the couple of cases that are still pending in the courts are going to ultimately result in an injunction and or and or a direct uh, 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 rescinding of that initial um, uh, rewording of uh, a machine gun to include a bump stock, and that I would hope that a judge would say, since I was forced to essentially sign the abandonment form, that uh, I would be able to reclaim the items or get just compensation for them. Because as we've talked so many times before, it's one thing when the government takes your property, but the Fifth and Fourteenth Amendment require due process and just compensation. And in that initial document, which uh, was published, and it was only about a page long, the the DOJ basically came right out and said, "Is too bad for you, we're not paying you nothing. They made it very clear we're not paying anything. And um, that that just— explicitly said there would be not— just compensation. Right. There would be zero compensation. Right. And, that just, and no grandfathering, which is another thing that's been... That should not sit well with any of you, but you know, I, again, this is my decision. I believe in the rule of law. I'm going to go down there. I'm going to do what I'm required to by the rule of law, and um, that's going to be that. I'm just hopeful that down the road, uh, knowing that it's it's a kind of a... Uh, it's not likely to happen, but I'm hopeful that we'll, there'll be some uh, recompense down the road. Let me add just a little bit to that, because... Um, I, there was a hearing yesterday in the D.C. court, and that the audio from that hearing is available. I listened to a bit of it. I haven't had a chance to listen to all of it. Uh, if you want to listen to all of it, I put a link to it 
on our Facebook page. So again, if you go to uh, facebook.com slash simtrainer, uh, there's, a, there's a link there for the D.C. court and the full audio from the two-hour hearing. Uh, I listened to some of it. I, the, some of the parts that I heard were extremely dull and uh, pedantic, if you will, uh, describing uh, the various different aspects of the law and what, you know, what could and can't be done and who has standing and doesn't. And um, you know, it's, it's one of those parts that you kind of want to skip over, but there's no text, so you can't really tell where to skip to. I happened to get to one part where the judges were fairly rigorously questioning the definitions and how those definitions were interpreted in the ATF rule. So what is a, what is a machine gun? And what def- defines a machine gun uh, in the law is more if, if you can fire more than one round by a single action of the trigger. And part of the discussion becomes, so what constitutes a single action of the trigger? And one of the uh, the 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 attorneys for the for the the government was arguing that uh, if you just hold your finger on the bump stock, that is an action. That that's the action. And if that means you also have to push forward, that's not relevant. So you and that that's how it works. You can you, you in and in fact, the what he was describing was that you have already pushed it forward. So now you're with one action or one finger pressing, then the trigger gets activated multiple times. Well, technically, that does not comply with the definition of a machine gun and it, because that's multiple actions of the finger on the trigger. And the judges were uh, pretty um, adamant about getting them to try to go on the record and explain how this could possibly meet the definition of a machine gun. So I, I take some uh, encouragement from that. They also asked some very tough questions of the plaintiffs, and so when you when you look at that, that's a good thing, I think. Uh, that means that they were trying to uh, look at both sides of the argument and, and get all the information they could possibly get, both on those who were um, supporting the ban and those who were saying the ban was uh, illegal, it did not comply with law, and it was an overreach by the ATF. Um, I would, I would love to wait until at least Monday or Tuesday, uh, because the they recognize that there is a time limit on this, and that that by um, what is it Wednesday or late Tuesday is that when when was the turn in due? It's uh, due to Tuesday. Due to yeah. Tuesday. So 20, I mean, whatever that is, twenty sixth. Yeah. So the the problem here is the timing, and they do recognize that there is a suspense. That there is uh, there is a cutoff, and if people are law-abiding as Jeff chooses to be, uh, I don't personally own one of those, and I'm not sure what I would do if I did, because I also believe that civil disobedience is sometimes necessary uh, when when the law is wrong or when the actions of the government is wrong. Uh, again, I'm not advocating that. I think that. Uh, civil disobedience is a foundational principle in this country, and many of the good changes that have happened, particularly in the civil rights arena, has been because people have been willing to do something that the government had deemed they were not allowed to do when, in fact, it was a violation of their rights. So um, that's what I see this overreach by the ATF as. I do believe that um, 
if I were, if I owned one, I may or may not decide to actually turn it in. I certainly wouldn't destroy it. And as Jeff described, you're not going to get a receipt. You're going to basically say you forfeit this this object. Um, and and I think you know taking pictures of it and having evidence that this is was done and that it was done under duress that you did not do this voluntarily. You were done because you were forced to by a change in the rule. And the rule, if then later deemed to be inappropriate, uh, that would, I think, um, and, and again, I'm not an attorney and neither is Jeff, but I personally think that that would give you a cause to go back to, but, to but get But knowing how the systems work, I'm hoping that a judge who may later issue an injunction or directly rescind the initial order determining it to be unconstitutional would say that since I was compelled to sign right. the abandonment form as a part of the process for confiscation, and essentially that's what it that's is, what confiscating it, is. it then uh, they would maybe rule in my favor and I would be able to get them back and, and or get compensation for them. So either way, uh, although the, the initial principle is bad, ultimately I think it's wrong that the government can take something from me without giving me compensation. Aside from the fact that I think it's wrong in this particular case, they've chosen an item which they've defined after the fact as being something that is illegally possessed and doesn't have strong rationale. So stay very close, to, you know, keep close watch on that court case. Uh, again, there's a link to the audio, and uh, and if you want to listen through it, it's, I, I found it very instructive, just small parts that I did. One, one thing I also want to mention here, when you look at this particular situation, which uh, the president ordered the Department of Justice to look at bump stocks and how they were classified, and ultimately the DOJ, the employees in the DOJ issued a... Uh, a change in uh, definition, and uh, obviously that was supported by the president, and he didn't do anything to go against it. I just want to, and and I strongly oppose his rationale for doing it initially, nor uh, and I also oppose his non-intervention to um, provide some additional guidance after they came back with their recommendation. Um, contrast that with what happened in Parkland. We talked about that earlier. The president had numerous. Um, I'm not going to call them White House halls, but White House meetings or meetings in the White House. And he was uh, responsible for a dialogue um, uh, of many sorts, including having victims of family members come to the White House to talk about that. And there were uh, opinions on all sides of the issue when they discussed that. They talked about what they should do, what they shouldn't do. There was proposed bans on semi-automatic weapons, uh, um, uh, magazine capacity, um, uh, red flag laws, all sorts of things were proposed in different entities, different states, which is where most of these laws are enacted, have decided to move forward with differing capacities. The federal government just recently proposed um, bans on uh, its proposed legislation only on various sorts of assault weapons and different items that uh, are uh, used with those items. But the president in that particular case he pretty much let the states make their own decisions. He let uh, the Department of Justice look at issues. They have not issued any any directives. The concern I have, though, is the precedent that this case sets in the redefining of definitions and meanings of words in aspects of laws that could have a detrimental effect in, in, in people who are anti-gun figuring out ways to do end runs around the Constitution and our uh, and Second Amendment rights. Absolutely. Yeah. It just, it's very unnerving. Yeah. Um, let's uh, take a kind of a hard turn here and go to talk a little bit more about House Bill 228. Uh, that goes into effect on Thursday, on the 28th. And uh, we've talked uh, at some points about uh, what the changes would be. Uh, some of the major changes that have occurred, uh, the biggest one, I think, is shifting the burden of proof to the prosecutor. Uh, so if you are, if you use a firearm in self-defense, it is no longer 
it will be on Thursday, no longer your job to, pro- to prove that it was justified in any circumstances. It will always be the prosecutor who has to prove it was not justified. To bring the case, they only have to prove by a preponderance of the evidence. But to win the case, they must prove by uh, beyond a reasonable doubt. And that is the same standard for criminal uh, charges in almost every other situation. And it is appropriate that if you are going to be charged criminally for the use of a firearm when you did so in your belief or your intent was in self-defense, uh, it should be up to the prosecutor to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that it was not justified self-defense. That is probably the largest of the changes. The change of the definition of shotgun to mirror federal law and to make the Mossberg shockwave and other similar short shotguns that are over that are 24 inches overall length uh, that does meet the standard for a traditional shotgun in the uh, federal law. Uh, Ohio law required a, a different definition, and so that goes away also on the 28th. And we talked about the amendment that needed to be done and to get those words in the right place. Um, it it changes the, the posting of no gun signs so that if you don't uh, choose to Uh, have a a prohibition in a place that it's not required and the law has changed that allows that to occur. The law didn't get changed that said you still had to post a sign. So now all of the definitions of uh, places who have to post a sign have been completely deleted and just leaves it to the point that if if you're going to prohibit it, then it has to be um, then it has to be posted. All right, we're going to need to take our last break for the hour. We'll come back and pick up this discussion after the break. This is Mark Avery and Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Dayton and Springfield Station for 24-hour news, weather, and traffic and our Ask the Expert weekends. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. You, yes, you. Have you been waiting for the next big thing? How does over half a billion dollars sound? That's right. The Powerball jackpot is up to at least $625 million. And the next drawing is tonight. So don't wait. Get your Powerball tickets now. And while you're at it, don't forget to try the new decade of dollars scratch-offs with one, two, five, and $10 games available. You could win $500 to $5,000 for up to 10 years. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Welcome to Tire Discounters. Oh, hiya, Phantom. Hi, Mike. What's new, as they say? Well, it's tax time. Ever thought of sprucing up the Phantom Mobile? I go for function, not style. But now you can save up to $220 on select tires and custom wheels. Well, let's try it. (laughs) Mike. Phantom, it's It's breathtaking. breathtaking. You can't tell it's the same car. Well, it still says Phantom Mobile on the side. Right now at Tire Discounters, you'll save up to $220 on select tires and custom wheels. Need to remodel or refinance your home? Open a home equity line of credit with Abbey Credit Union. Interest as low as prime plus 0%. Visit us in Vandalia and Troy or at abbeycu.com. Do you think you have the cutest pet? I bet you do. Enter to win the Dayton Daily News Cutest Pet Photo Contest. Show everyone your cute pet and win tons of big prizes. Enter at daytondailynews.com slash contest. That's daytondailynews.com slash contest. 
Sunny skies today, nice weather overall, calm conditions at the surface by the afternoon and a high temperature of 50 degrees. Cloud cover increasing as we go into the overnight hours, low temperature 34 degrees, mostly cloudy for Sunday, breezy and mild with a high of 56 degrees and a chance for showers arriving in the mid to late afternoon. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. It's our Ask the Experts weekend on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather and traffic, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Welcome back to the show. Just before the break, we were talking about the changes that go into effect on Thursday on uh, that were passed uh, into law and signed, uh, well, actually passed over the governor's veto back in December. Uh, it goes into effect on the 28th, which is Thursday. So some of the other changes that occur um, again, many of these changes are listed on the Buckeye Firearms Association website. If you look at, uh, there's a there's a quick summary there, um, and it also does some things that there's one part of the law that doesn't actually go into effect until December. Uh, that doesn't really change much in terms of the way uh, that the average citizen is going to carry firearms or anything having to do with uh, the uh, what happens if you have to use your firearm, but it does put some extra teeth into uh, the, the preemption statutes so that, um, and this is in section 9.68, so that's, it's worth reading. Um, it, that doesn't go into effect until December 28th, but it does add quite a bit of uh, restrictions on what local governments can do if they wanted to uh, override the state law that preempts them from doing anything. And that's only necessary because so many of the uh, of the jurisdictions have, in, t- in fact, tried to do that. So again, uh, that the, the whole thing about the shifting the burden of proof, I, I still consider that to be the most important. But there are a few other little things that uh, occurred. Again, we talked about the shockwave exception. There was there was one other thing that I discovered that was uh, I have not seen mentioned anywhere, and so I wanted to mention it. It's again, it's probably not going to affect you very often, but uh, in the past, you had to carry both your license that was issued by the sheriff, and you had to ca- carry valid identification. Uh, issued by a governmental entity that is has a photo ID. So it had to be valid photo ID, and typically for most people that would be a driver's license. Well, most people are going to have a driver's license anyway, uh, but now it is no longer legally required that you carry ID along with your concealed handgun license. Now, I think it's important to note that your license is not ID, and you should not use your license as identification um, it, it's not relevant as identification. Identification has to meet several different standards that the, your concealed handgun license does not. But for the purposes of just carrying a firearm, if you're not otherwise required to, to carry identification, for example, uh, if you're not going through an airport check terminal and, oh, by the way, don't carry your firearm through there. Um, if you're not uh, in, in for some other reason needing to show identification, for example, as a bank, at a bank, and you don't need to have it with you, you don't need to have that identification just because you're carrying a firearm in accordance with the provisions of carrying pursuant to a license. So that's not a huge deal. It's something that I'd not seen before that I found in reading through uh, in through the text of the bill, and it's something that you know a lot of people have thought it was kind of silly to have to carry both the license and separate ID. 
Um, so that's that's something that changed and and something I'd not heard before and, and just wanted to be sure to share that with everyone. Let's jump out to the phones and talk to Todd, who's calling from Butler Township. Todd, welcome to the show. Hey. You guys. have a question for us? Yes, I do. All right. Appreciate your show. Thank I, you. I catch you when I can. Hey, um, just recently, um, uh, won't go into a long story, but I had to remove some firearms from my father's house. Uh, he's ex-police. Am I don't. Am I allowed to have these firearms? Am I? I mean, absolutely. I, um, and I'm assuming, and I don't want you to go into much detail, and you don't need to go into much detail. You. You were required to move them for reasons that were legitimate to you, yes. and you now have, you now possess reasons. them. Yes, yes. Safety reasons for him and others. There, okay. there, there is no requirement that they be quote transferred from him to you. You took possession of them. You're a family member. Um, there was no uh, court order in effect here. No. Okay. And, and you're Absolutely legally not. you're you are not legally prohibited from possessing those firearms. I'm assuming. In, in the, I mean, you're, you, there's not, there's, you're not a prohibited person. Now you, if you went to uh, do a transfer, you, you'd pass the background check necessary in order to. Oh, ab- yeah, absolutely. I'm now, a good guy. <laughs> yeah, well, that good. That's that's who we typically expect our audience to be. But I just wanted to confirm that the fact that that you for your possession of them also has to be legal. The other only other question would be if he had any uh, firearms that were. Um, NFA registered, if he had automatic weapons, for example, um, those would have to go through a transfer process, and well, that transfer process goes through the ATF. So uh, that that's a slightly different situation from if they were otherwise legally allowed to be owned. And if that's the case, then then there's a procedure for that as well. Okay. And the uh, twist of this, uh, he's I think I said he's ex-police. Right. He has he has what. What I believe is a police issued only is like a, I would say a sawed off shot. It's a short barrel shotgun that I don't think typically anyone would have except military or police. What should I do with that? Actually, the, my best action there, um, if what you're saying is true and there's no other circumstance, I would turn it in to uh, the local law enforcement agency in your community. Um, okay. The possible exception to that would be if it meets the new definition under the shockwave. Yes. And so it might, if it's at least a 24 inches overall length, then that would not necessarily apply. So uh, I, think it's tw- I think it's 26. Okay. And if it's 26 inches overall length, then even though the barrel may be less than 18 inches, uh, that is no longer a restriction based on the law that goes into effect on Thursday. Okay. So that's when you need to pick up those firearms. All right. Hey. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I appreciate your show. show. I try to listen to you every week. Thank you very much for calling the show. Um, excellent, excellent call to end with. Uh, thank you very much for calling, Todd. We appreciate you and all the rest of our listeners who have been with us for now almost 10 years. Uh, we're in our 10th year, and our anniversary will be in May. We hope you'll be around to celebrate it with us. This is Mark Avery and Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. From our downtown Dayton McAfee Heating and Air Studios, WHIO AM Dayton, WHIO FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station.